Got Your Ears On is brought to you by Tactical Legion 9. Alright everybody, hello and welcome to this week's episode of Got Your Ears On. Guido here along with Scoop. Bing bong. And Johnson. Guido, not as much as last show's uh, packed episode, but a few more things have happened other than wins and losses this week. Yes, a few more things have happened. Uh, so as you know, we talked last week, Larry Harrison, let go by the university, uh, released a statement this week that really Johnson didn't say much of anything. Yeah, I think the one thing, and you know, most people, if you're listening, uh, you probably read this statement on Twitter. Uh, Larry Harrison pretty much goes out and says, hey, I, you're, if you're looking for an explanation, I don't have one. Um, and Scoot, he essentially goes on to thank fans and former players and most noticeably to me, you guys, is not hugs, I think. Not hugs, not hugs. But I will also say, because we weren't the only podcast, but we were definitely one of the podcasts last week that, you know, theorized was there an NCAA investigation or maybe some, That's right. you know, on, on campus other issue or off campus issue. Yep. He definitely clarified that there was none of that. There was no investigation by the NCAA. There were no criminal or any other thing, no other violations. So I have a feeling that, you know, a couple of us, some of the news media, we were all out there kind of going, oh, maybe something happened that we don't know about. Apparently not. Apparently it was just was. Somebody not happy with the team, and he was let go, Scoot. Yeah, I don't know. He doesn't – it sounds like he feels that it was above Huggins. Has kind of got – that's the vibe I got from it. But surely he's also a little disappointed that Huggins, to some extent, had to be on board with it to – at the very least to allow it to happen. It wasn't like Huggins said, well, it's either Larry's on my staff or we're both gone. So I think there's a little bit of that. Well, I'm glad that he came out, Guido, though, and like you highlighted, you know, no NCAA investigations or violations, because that's what we were kind of arguing last week. In his defense, the way they clamped it down and then they just left this void of information, you saw all this speculation of, well, then this must be going on. And that I thought that really stunk for him because now you're – you're filling it with these assumptions of something negative. So good for him. Good for getting that out there. But it does also, I think, play into what we were sort of speculating last week that like it, you know, it still lends itself to someone punching down from higher up in the in the program ranks or maybe even higher than than that. You know, we speculated about country roads trust and nil and all kinds of stuff and it still kind of feels that way wouldn't you think yeah i mean i feel like i i mean i you know my conspiracy theories from last week gained a little bit more weight when that statement came out and he said that there was no you know other things and uh i feel like now it's like i i just and especially how huggins has acted these last two games on the court like i just feel like there's a lot of weirdness going on with it. And we'll get into it a little bit, but before we do, uh, we should also say though that WVU did fill the role this week with DeMar Johnson as the new assistant coach Scooty played for Huggins at UC, uh, played in the NBA for a bit, had a little cup, a cup of coffee in the NBA for a couple of days. And then, uh, and then has been at UC as their director of player development, uh, for a couple of years. I'm not sure what the hire is. It just filling the seat. Is that what what this role is, Scooty? Um, I, it's it's interesting. I guess Demar has some connections to the Washington D.C. area, which WVU has not really recruited very well in. I'm thinking maybe the last guy from like the Maryland, Virginia, you know, area is maybe John Flowers. I, I'm trying to think. I'm racking my brain at trying to find somebody from maybe the D.C. area that's played for WVU. So you're looking at it that's 10 years ago. So um, it, it could be a potential fit there as far as recruiting goes. It's definitely um, a good pickup in the sense that it gives recruits and players somebody that's got relatable experience to the professional level. Um, yeah, he's got contacts, I'm sure all over the league. He's been teammates with Carmelo Anthony and in Denver and, um, you know, he'll tweet, he's pretty 
active on social media, either tweeting or, or um, Instagram. And I think that that's a, a positive. It's not like we're picking up, um, I don't know, a Phil Martelli or, or uh, Bo Ryan or something to, you know, it's not an older guy who doesn't have a connection to that kind of uh, the way life is changing. Yeah. And I think, um, Scooch, you made a point. I don't know if you remember making this point, but we <laughs> were talking about it. You, you do, uh, <laughs> as you are wont to do. That's right. Um, want W O N T W A N T. Uh, I don't know. Okay. I don't think we can peel that apart. Like that's, that'll be an add on. That'll be an addendum to this podcast. I, I think at the time that this was announced, you said you made the comment, you know, I feel really like this is a, re- uh, a replacement of Eric Martin, not so much Larry Harrison. And I thought that was, um, I thought that was a good astute, call out because astute. it does. Uh, yeah. As you are wont to do yeah. that, I can't decide how I'm using. Um, it felt like it was probably a replacement for Eric Martin because I think it, he doesn't feel like, and so far in the role, I mean, he's what two games into the role now, but it doesn't feel like, you know, he's in process so far uh, filling the shoes of a, of a Larry Harrison, but not, not that it particularly matters, but I still feel like it Guido. I only bring that up because I think it kind of maybe leaves some open end to the Larry Harrison stuff still. Like I could still see them bringing someone, someone else on even in addition to DeMar Jones. What it, what it does do. And, and just watching the, the last two games and watching the sideline, um, it, when I'm, I'm not there. I'm not in the, the meeting rooms. I'm not in anything, but it does appear that no one on the staff Harrison role of being an associate head coach or being somebody that's deciding rotations or substitutions or, yeah, I would agree. You know, with that, oftentimes yeah. you would see oftentimes there would be times where Larry was the only coach standing while coach Huggins is sitting on the stool and Larry's yeah, yelling things right. and directing traffic and that kind of stuff. It does not appear that somebody well, has that, filled that, that space and you can't expect them. Yeah, sure. That, yeah. Right. Like you said, a week into the job, He's probably doing more, and I and I saw him post. I don't know if it was on Twitter or Instagram, where he was starting to review game film of some of the upcoming schools. So he's probably doing more of that than anything, and, and trying to learn the players that we have on the team. I mean, because he's probably been a fan, but he's been a fan from afar, so he doesn't really know um, that. Uh, he doesn't know that uh, Keedy. Keedy's tendencies right. or um or what Jimmy Bell Jr. does in the paint or whatever, you know? Yeah, and mid season makes that awkward to be right. yeah, with. Absolutely. Right. So. Uh, and that's kind of what I wanted to get your guys' opinion on after these last two games. So, you know, Larry Harrison's gone watching the games and you know, when you watch it on TV as we do, it's it's a little harder to tell. But we've noticed Huggins has got an index card or something in his hand now. There's, yeah, when's the last time you saw that? I, you know, and so that's what I what I kind of feel has happened now is that, and I get your guys' opinion on this, is I feel like Huggins has taken everything back. Like, so Huggins is now doing the rotations. He's doing the substitutions. He's he's setting, you know, he's he's telling them what sets to run. He's telling them what, what to do coming out of timeouts. Like, I feel like Huggins all of a sudden. So do you feel... Do you feel Huggins, and I'm going to well say it, do you feel Huggins got lazy in the last five to ten years? Do you feel like he got to the point where he's like, hey, I'm a Hall of Fame coach. We've won a bunch of games. Uh, I can delegate now and not have to worry too much about, you know, the X's and O's per se. I can, you know, you want me to draw up a timeout, you know, out of a timeout uh, quick hitter, I can do that. But as far as I'd the say, overall, I don't know if I'd say it's management. lazy. I don't know if he, I don't know if he's gotten lazy. I think that he has gotten comfortable with the people that were around him and comfortable enough to let them take control of those things. Or they'll fill in and the I gaps. think losing Eric Martin and losing Larry Harrison, you know, you he's lost two of those key things. Like he's lost two of those those key parts, and so. Um, and I'm and I'm never really had a lot of clarity on what Ron Everhart's role is when it comes to game time and so i feel like now what's happened is huggins has said well that's it screw it i'm i'm taking on every i'm doing everything now during the game and i think that showed it, it kind of reared its ugly head uh this week in the texas loss because 
Joey Toots sat on the bench like the whole game. And I honestly think, and I, I could be wrong, that I think, I think he that, just forgot to put him in. I think he forgot to put him in. Like, I absolutely don't, think he, look, here's the problem, right? So, for one, I, I'm a little miffed in the sense that I, th- yes, we're blessed to have a guy that's got the pedigree and the resume that Bob Huggins has. However, that lack of hunger or drive it permeates throughout the whole coaching staff in the sense that if he got so comfortable to let those guys kind of do things without him having a little bit more oversight, it's now, like you said, it's probably, when was the last time Huggins had to, to make substitutions? When was the last time Huggins had to worry about, you know, uh, how many fouls does this guy have or, or that kind of stuff? Like I, I think, He's letting it, he's letting it, that's not a word. He's let it get almost so far out of reach for himself that now it's like a struggle to kind of regain control. And that's what we're seeing. That's what we saw yesterday in the Texas loss. Well, let's go. So back to your question though, Scoot, 10 years? No, but five years? Yeah, maybe. And maybe not call it lazy, but. um, Would you call it laissez-faire? Yeah, I would. Yeah, that's actually very good because it's like I'll do the parts I've evolved to be comfortable with. I know to Guido's point, maybe I know Eric, Larry, they're going to fill in the gap like they're running the day to day when they need me for this, you know, specific. I'm going to weigh in. I'm going to weigh in as the head coach. Yeah, I'm going to do that because we I think none other than last season probably pushed us to think that. Right. I mean, I would I would say maybe window the last five years in because we've had so many weird deuce moving on Oscar, not working out, you know, there's a few specific things that had they stayed in place or worked out, we'd be having a totally different conversation. Right. But I think specifically last season, we spent the whole, we spent the whole season's worth of shows last basketball season, talking about how these guys don't look like hugs thumbprint at all on this team. Right. And, and now to your point, Scoot, it's almost like, okay, I'm going to try to get, guys that I feel more compelled to be coaching. I'm going to try to reel it back in. And now you're having like these growing pains of trying to, trying to get it all, get it all reorganized. Well, not only did he do the recruiting to get the guys in, now he's all of a sudden going to have to coach these guys. And that's maybe part that he hasn't really had to do all or, that much. Or more pointedly than he had been in the right. last couple seasons. I, like, I, I'm not saying the guy doesn't show up to practice. I'm not saying the guy isn't there and doesn't know the guys. I think he does. I think sometimes he allowed his reputation to carry him a ways more so than uh, like you take a, a young, like Jerome Tang. Okay. I'm just going to use him as an example. He's been an assistant for a long time, hungry for an opportunity to, to really coach at a big level. And now he's showing and, the fire of being right. The head he's, coach. he's feisty. He's, you know, the, the crowd loves him. The, the players love it. It seems to be a, a good like fit. Infectious. Yeah. Right. I, I think to a certain extent, Scott drew had that early on in Baylor, you know, so I, there's some well, of that we, where we like Mike Boynton, I think Mike Boynton yeah, right. does that. So you've got this, Still hungry, still relevant, uh, interested in all aspects of the of the game. And when you're an up and coming coach, you can't afford. You're still like um, you kind of have your you're looking over your shoulder, right? Because you haven't really established yourself, so you don't want anything to slip. Because, as you know, in college athletics, uh, you rattle off a couple of clunker seasons, you're gone, right? You can't afford to have a couple of clunkers. You've got to be way involved. Huggins has got this reputation because of the past 40 years that yeah, clunker here or there. It's okay. He's probably not in any jeopardy of ever losing a job. So no, he, not. he doesn't have that. Well, that motivation isn't there. Yeah. Right. That part there's an right, urgency right. to win just because he wants to save face yeah. and, and try to make good on what he's told people outside of the basketball but like in the pie chart of motivational sections that one doesn't really exist i mean there's no if if there's anything motivating him now it's to not end his career with a a stretch of yeah yeah stretch of garbage 
at the so, end. So, yeah. I guess, I guess though, like, just going back and, and, and kind of taking it apart a little bit more, like, we've seen these two games now. WVU beats TCU uh, 74-65 earlier in the week. Then we lose to Texas 69-61. And the TCU game, I mean, there was a stretch in the TCU game. We were up by, what, almost 20 points yeah, at one point? Yeah, I think it was point? 18, yeah, and then it, yeah. And then it shrunk to nothing, and then it, you know, we we, we pulled it out at the end. But it, I, again, I think you saw. I don't even know how to like say it, but I think you saw like the confusion or the the disorientation of like how these guys were coming in and out, what the rotations were, who was on the court at certain times. Uh, I think TCU had an off game, and that helped us. You know, uh, then you can watch the Texas game. And you see Huggins with the cue card or whatever. He's got his little index card. He's probably got his, you know, rotations on it. He's got some sets he wants to run. Like, I'm just starting to think, like, is it – and I and I don't I – don't, I've never coached Division One basketball, surprisingly. Is that true? Yeah, it's definitely true. I, I would imagine, though, like during a game, there's a lot as a head coach. There's a lot that you have to kind of have your head wrapped around, right? You got to be John with the – you gotta be jawing with the officials. You gotta be watching the guys. You gotta be, you know, thinking about what you want to do. I, I have a hard time thinking that he can manage all of that, Johnson. Yeah, like and that's a lot. No, it it is. And I think when you take a major piece of the pie out mid season that has been helping you manage that stuff, then it's like you know it. You shouldn't be shocked when it looks a bit confused. But I think. Back to your cue card, you know, back to your index card in hand, you know, something I'm reviewing on the sideline that caught my attention with. I've never seen Hugs do that before, but it must have been, you, you know, Guido, it's funny how we ride these roller coasters of we beat TCU and everyone was essentially like, we're back for a couple days, right. you know, like we're, <laughs> it's happening now, you know, we're unstoppable. And then you lose this Texas game and you're waking up, you know, the day after going, we suck hugs might need to be fired you know it's it's funny how there's very little mediation between these you know between these games but i but i what i wanted to bring up is i think that cue card he was holding or that index reference card he was holding it must have been you know in fairness to this game wouldn't you say it must have been like a 34 minute index card because this game was okay and then around six to seven minutes to go. I mean, Hugs says the last 10 minutes. I, I don't think it was entirely the last 10 minutes, but it just falls apart. Wouldn't you guys agree with that? Like there's, it wasn't always pretty, but this game was a full on game. We, we, we then hit this stretch at the very end. I would say the last six or seven minutes and it just fully loses composure. And I think that is what everyone is so disappointed in scoot. Like not that hugs is a terrible coach or something, you know, uh, you know, Twitter always goes to the extremes, but I think everyone is so disappointed that here we are once again, it's in the grasp and it just looks like they fully lose composure and fall off this cliff to end the yeah. game. Yeah, I, I just, it, it's just strange. I, I and I, and it's going to be interesting to watch. I have to tell you guys, like, here's my opinion, Scoot. You're still, are you still twelve wins, Scoot? You sticking with it? Yeah, he's off of it a little bit. I see the face. I see you it's, guys. Don't it's see the we'll face go, on the we'll podcast. Go eleven, Scoot. We'll here's, go 11 Scoot's wins. a noted you, math guy, and the math starts to get really difficult, Guido. So that's what math is when you see him pausing. Difficult. The it's you know that I'm working some algorithms. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's currently yeah, right. what I'm doing. Uh, uh, my friends back in the day. Not sure you guys are aware of this, but uh, back in in high school, and Cloney can attest. Yeah, uh, they called me Euclid. Really? Yeah. You were they like did. Mu Alpha Theta. Is that what? Like, yeah. were you all up in the yeah. math I was Olympics? A young. I was like a young Adam Smith. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So- we go the tangents sometimes on this show. <laughs> that's a deep. That's a deep cut, Scott. That's a deep that is, cut. Hey, that's listen, a deep the cut. father of economics. You yeah, can't get any a, deeper than that, right? A Scottish it's a deep, guy. Come that's on. That's a deep cut. Um, uh, here's here's my opinion on the season, and you're not gonna like this, Scoot. You're gonna. You're, I'm gonna send you over a cliff. I'm I'm saying right now, tops tops five or six conference wins this year. Tops. Do you and think we get the in the tournament? Yes. And here's the thing. I'll give you. I'll give you my thing. Five or six conference wins. It's going to be this all season. It's going to be the last two minutes of every game all season. So 
and it's going to be painful. I honestly think that it's going to be more painful to watch West Virginia basketball this year than last year because at least last year we knew by halftime we were losing a game, right? Like we, we, the team, you, the team hadn't showed up. JB was sitting on the bench. We were down fifteen at half, and it was we weren't winning. This year, like every game is going to be down. It's going to be within the last five minutes. I might but not even watch the we've first. Got, listen, we've got to admit, right? Comparing last year to this year. Despite records, they could end up with the exact same record by the end of the season. Okay. You've got yeah. to admit, this year's team feels a lot more enjoyable. Feels a lot better to watch. Here's, here's my only argument. I agree. I agree with you. This team is a lot better. This team is a lot better to watch. Here's my only argument. I think it's more painful to watch, though, when you're losing games by three points and two in the last two minutes of every one. Well, and when we only, the old saying is six or less, it's coaching. I'm going to make – here's my big prediction, Scoot. You want to hear my my prediction right here? Five or six conference wins. We're going to get knocked out probably in the first round of the conference tournament. We're going to get into March Madness. We're going to get into the NCAA tournament. But we'll be like a, we'll be like a 13 maybe, a 12, a 12 or a 13, and we'll make it to the Sweet 16 and lose. That's, that's my prediction right now. How about this? I read somewhere uh, on the interwebs – Texas Tech is uh, what's their record in the conference? It's like zero and seven. Zero and seven. They lost uh, from 2017 to 2022. They lost like a total of eight or nine conference games in that five-year span. I read that as well. Like yeah. that's how crazy this league is. Is that you know? Granted, I don't know about this guy that's coaching Texas Tech. I, yeah, I mean not... that's why Mrs. Doubtfire is so <laughs> under so much fire right now, Scoot. <laughs> <laughs> that was so good i mean that's why he's, he's taking a lot of heat he's taking a lot of heat right now you oh, said what i think funny. but i never yeah, said it i, I knew that's what you were thinking it was you that said it. there's your laugh out loud oh. i laughed out loud for a long stretch there i don't ever do that so that's a that's a funny Felt johnson good. that's a that's Felt a bona fide i'll take it well, what do you guys make, Guido, of – so just one more thing for post-game of this Texas game. What do you What do you make – Scoot can't move off of this. Does that guy inspire you to want to play there? <laughs> does that guy scream to you – like, he may be a great coach. I really have no idea. But does that guy say, man, our coach is the coolest. Like, I cannot wait to play for that guy. Mark Adams? I, I, mean, I Listen, I mean, I he's know. coached forever. He may be very good. I'm sure he's great. I think he, and listen, a a lot of people low key, if you know, if you follow, like I follow all the, my Twitter is nothing but like big 12 sports writers and stuff. If you've, if you've, you know, been following season over season, a lot of people credit him with Chris Beard's rise at Texas Tech. You You know, I mean, they credit Chris Beard as well, but they, you know, they kind of underpin it with the the basketball intelligence that he brought to that staff with Chris Beard. So I mean, I I think it's rough, and I think Guido's right. It just shows how tough this tough this conference is. I, I don't think Texas Tech's a bad team, but there they are at zero and seven. But I was going to say, what what do you guys think though? Two things caught my attention. You know, like weeding weeding through all of this Texas game stuff. Two things caught my attention. One, one of the questions Hugs answers with there are issues I cannot talk about. Okay. <laughs> like, And then right. he sort of like rolls that sentence into, we didn't seize opportunities. You can't turn the ball over 20 times. But that first part of that, I was like, what? Like, what does that mean? What issue? What then, are those issues? Well, then later on they have Trey Mitchell um, kind of take, take the mic as well. And he, they, uh, I saw Ethan Bach uh, picked out on Twitter, Twitter one sentence in particular. He said that Trey Mitchell was quoted as saying, we pick and choose when we want to play together and scoot that is what i would point at for those last six or seven minutes of the game i was texting you guys as that was going on and it looked like i had a hard time believing that hugs said okay look give the ball to Keedy and everyone else get out of the way i had a hard time believing (laughs) that's what the direction was and seeing trey mitchell seeing his quote I i was texting you guys furiously during those last couple minutes of the game like he has disappeared. They're not. They're not running sets through him. They're not trying to get him the ball. Listen, I would think that's what you would be trying to do. I'm going to keep it real. Can I keep it real? 
please scoot i think that's what the fans want okay, they I'm want you to keep it real, keep right? it real so, with them yes tash sherman might be a great guy don't really know him um for me tash sherman was about tash sherman and i don't know that he was a great team player per se he was looking to get his shots he was looking to do whatever he could mm-hmm. to score now on a bad team that's what you need sometimes to kind of keep the games close is like if you've got a a guy that can score you need that guy to score at the end of this toward the last 10 minutes of the second half of yesterday it's as if Kedrian Johnson said well what would Taz Sherman do in this situation would he dribble drive to the basket with three guys that are 6'10 or 9 or whatever stand that bishop guy who conceivably dunked anything he touched is that a uh, smart idea also all, bishop also airballed a free throw which we haven't seen that in a while no you don't see that too like. often. That's a, yeah. so it's you're impressive. saying anything outside of a foot and a half he's not very good at right maybe the range is limited um so kedrian and here's something also to point out right the last two games kedrian had what 20 points two games ago career best and then what did he have last night 22 22 22 22. he broke it and that and that's where i was i I was just you you keep going scoop but that's that's a good segue it's hard to it's not i'm not saying like this is kedrian's fault kedrian goes for 22 he shot the ball really well i think he made three threes his six turnovers soured things a bit but i can't and i i I can't imagine and what do you think i i just can't imagine that the offense is Kedrian go score 22 and Running every through and, him. yeah, yeah. I, I don't believe it it's, it shouldn't be I mean of all the guys that we have on this team Trey Mitchell I mean I know Stevenson's cold right now it shouldn't be running through Kedrian and what I don't understand and this is and I mean Huggins said this after the game Scoot is like you look at Kedrian and you look at Joe Toussaint who, who like why Kedrian plays 33 minutes Joe Toussaint plays 11 minutes yesterday I mean, I don't understand. I don't understand. Like, and this is where, like, when he says there's things I can't talk about. Well, is there is that something he can't talk about? Like, and and I I I, I know Kedrian had 22 Scooty, but like I look at it and go, well, this is how well, you start to turn a team so sour, right? Like, I think you know if you look at the team too, right? So early on in the season, I think we all, and I know this is a maybe a topic near and dear to Johnson's heart. I think we all were very high on Emmett not only being the Mm -hmm. team leader because he's got the most experience with hugs but also taking not that not that next step but building off of some of the success he's had in the past so yeah in in my mind I saw Emmett being a a 15 point scorer a game 15 to you know solid you might have a game here 20 you might have a game you know 11 he's now kind of fading it feels like he's yeah. not he's not um well he really struggled in this and, game. and when he was aggressive he was like we had two offensive fouls i know of I, I can't even remember if he had three but you know he was like going hard to the basket at the wrong times um his shot wasn't looking great and so i'm wondering if there is a little bit of discord because we're seeing Stevenson, who I think early on in the season was kind of the leader and kind of the guy you wanted in. He's not even playing in the final minutes of the game. He's on the bench. Um, you've got Emmett, who's a little off. Trey has been fairly consistent. I mean, he's you'd like to see more from him, but he's been fairly consistent. Uh, we've consistently not been very good in the post with our bigs. I mean, right. Wagi is killing us a little bit. Like he's just uh, he steps in, he fouls all the time. Like he's and he's not really giving us much offense. Mo four minutes, three fouls. Yeah, I mean he's a foul like crazy. That's that's caused us to play Oconquo a lot more. Um, Who didn't play? No, terrible. I mean he, he had a great. Uh, no, I actually think th- he played really well. Yeah, yeah. He had was it uh, him with a great block on that Bishop kid. Yeah, yeah. Um so like he he's played okay, you know. The problem I have, I guess with the the forward situation is if Emmett's not going to produce, that's going to cause extra heat on Trey Mitchell. 
the post, you might as well not even guard it because we're not scoring from the post, except for Jimmy Bell's breakout game there where he had 15 and 12. But we're really not getting a lot of offense out of that spot. That's caused – so then you look at the guards, and it's kind of forcing Keydream to score a bunch of points, which that's not what the offense is built on. We've got to be inside out. We've got to be able yeah. to get that ball in to open up – Matthews, Stevenson. That's some of the issues we're having. I, I think there is a, a, gen, a genuine um, guys are frustrated with each other kind of vibe right now, and that's different than what it was where guys like playing with each other. That's a sentence we always heard from Huggins in the beginning of the right. season. I think the other thing, Scooty, is like, and this is something we've talked about, I feel like now for years with Huggins teams, but especially in a game like yesterday, Texas, it was close. You were in the game, uh, you know, off and on, and you know, you're still seeing 11 guys That's pl- too many. getting playing That's too time. Many. It's too many. You're seeing nine guys with double digit minutes. Too many. Like, like you can't. And, and that's. Look at the good teams. They don't do that. The good teams. Well, look at Texas. Texas played, I think, nine guys total yesterday. You know, and most of them. I mean, like everybody on Texas had had, uh, you know, over 10 minutes of playing time. But you, they only played like nine guys. The whole well, game. but I don't know. I, I don't disagree with you, Scoop. But I think the thing. So. Back to what you were talking about. It's not like I didn't bring Kedrian up as some referendum on Kedrian. I mean, look, it was a good thing he was scoring and getting to the line, or this game probably doesn't stay as close as it did. But you don't score, you don't score a basket the last four minutes and twenty eight seconds of the game in a game where you know this was this game was sixty one fifty eight with like three minutes to go, like three fifteen to go, and then you get two more foul shots the rest of the way. I I guess the I don't know how to articulate it, but the point I'm making is I just find it, you know, a lot of people on Twitter were saying, I think people can deal with, hey, look, they, you know, Texas is good. Maybe there were some bad matchups. Shots didn't go down. I think people can deal with that when they're watching a game. I don't, I think the vitriol you're seeing late last night and into into the day after of this game is it, it just looked like we lost our composure it didn't look like there was any organization and scoot that, you know, we've been saying now for game after game after game, I think the talent is there. The coaching has to extract the talent and make it work. And that's not happening. It's just not happening. Well, Scooty, too, isn't it like, you know, the, the issue is the, the failure to close out, right? They're not closing games out. And that's a, to me, that's a coaching thing, right? I mean, I think that if your players are playing up until the last eight, 10 minutes of a game and you're worried and, the, and you're having a problem the last eight, 10 minutes of a game. I don't know if it's the player's problem. I think if, if the players are playing, I think it's a coaching issue. So I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a slippery well, slope. And we're also at that dangerous time, right? Dangerous time for some of these outside influence to say to people like Kedrian or like Jimmy Bell, Hey man, you're getting your, you're getting your shots. You're getting your, you know, you're getting your time or whatever. And then that, Ultimately, that some of that outside noise starts to fracture some of the inside team bonding and team teamwork, because then guys are like, "Listen, I, you know, I know we lost, but I got my buddies telling me, hey, you did a good job. You, you're at least getting the shots up. Who, who else is going to shoot if you don't shoot? That kind of stuff.'" And then all of a sudden, it like kind of fractures what Coach Huggins is starting to build. So I don't know. Maybe that's some of the outside. I have who knows, who knows what these yeah. issues are. Like, I mean, it's. You can't. That's shame on him for throwing yeah. out a vein. No, that's a perfect point. I was like just that. getting ready to say that. To me, don't add to the maelstrom of stuff swirling around by by making a comment. Right. I mean, that's not helpful. Right. I, I'm not sure why he would. Do I that. just think you know. It's. I think this is going to be our biggest concern throughout the rest of this conference play. Is that you know finishing out games. I mean, luckily this week we travel to Texas Tech. We travel to Lubbock, but Texas Tech is due one. That's what makes me nervous about playing this game in Lubbock on Wednesday is uh, Texas Tech is due a game right now. They can't win to save their lives. And we don't so. exactly win ever on the road. So Right, exactly. It's not a great so, recipe. Uh, WVU goes to Lubbock uh, to play Texas Tech Wednesday, 7 p.m. tip on ESPNU. And then we come back to the Coliseum to face 
a probably at this point, we don't know yet, but it'll probably be a top 15 ranked Auburn team uh, in the Coliseum on Saturday at noon on ESPN for the SEC Big 12 Challenge. Auburn right now, 16-3, and 6-1 and one in the conference. They're uh, In the AP polls, they're ranked like in the top 20. I think Ken Palm has them in the top 15. So they're a good team coming in, but this is this is uh, this is the kind of game that WVU wins, Scooty, like an Auburn game like yeah, that. Yeah, uh, I like Bruce Pearl. I think he's kind of a interesting, fun coach. But yeah, I agree. Uh, I find it now. This is again. I'm gonna I'm gonna derail our conversation. You no. Uh, you never. Ken, yeah, Ken Palm. Like I don't call you Craig Lee. <laughs> why? Like why are we not? Ken Pomeroy. Kenneth, we give him we like a, a, Ken, an abbreviation like a, to his Kenneth, last yeah. name. Like what, why does he? Why is he comfortable? I think with that? Kenpom. I mean, com yeah. has, kind of rolls, rolls off, off the, the tongue. tongue I think it's a marketing. You would never thing. type I don't, I don't Kenneth Pomeroy. Com, but you might type Ken Palm. Ken Palm. I mean, I'm gonna start calling you Craig right. Wee. Fine. Uh, so I, it's just gonna be an interesting. It's gonna be an interesting month and a half left in the conference play to see what isn't it funny though so. guido that i i still i said this last show and i know everyone's angsty again after this loss but i still feel like this team could totally go out and win eight games like i still think they could end up with eight conference wins if they if, just get a if few they can things figure out how to close that yeah game. and if they can maybe not throw the ball to the other team 20 times you know they didn't shoot foul they right. didn't shoot free throws too bad this game you know we were all lamenting that last game i think I think they're not far. I just hope, Scoot, that we're not starting to see things like chip and uh, like chip away at the at the confidence overall of this team. You know, I think there's only so much of this grind of right. loss, loss, loss you can take before infighting starts or or what. Yeah, you know, I hope. I think if they can, man, I I just like I said, I continue to feel like the talents there. You know, they're close. Well, speaking of Coach Huggins, guys, uh, one thing that happened this week is the West Virginia State Legislature uh, honored and inducted, uh, honored Coach Huggins for being inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame. And what might be the greatest picture of all time with Ren Baker, Coach Huggins, uh, Governor Justice, and Baby Dog sitting on a throne <laughs> came out. Might be my favorite picture of Coach Huggins of all time. I know, I know, Scoot loved this. Um, also, great to note is roughly two hours later, the news <laughs> broke that Big Jim right. uh, oh, was COVID way. positive. <laughs> oh, oh, by the way, you know what's so great about this? The picture too is like if there's ever three people that, or there is if, if there's ever one person that makes. Bob Huggins look like a regular normal sized person. It's Big Jim. Like <laughs> that Big Jim makes Coach Huggins look like yeah, it's he's funny. Like a normal, like normal size. And Coach Huggins is he's a big he's dude. Big man, he's like six four, six five. Just a big he's a cat. Big cat. What? Listen, if you're Ren Baker, <laughs> let's let's really get down. <laughs> if, to you're it. Like, if you're Ren and you're Baker, walking to that a month and a half ago. <laughs> At any point in your life, a month and a half ago, did you think to yourself, you know what? In under two months, I'm going to get a <laughs> photo opportunity with the governor and this ridiculous uh, bulldog. City, the dog um, in the chair. The dog yeah. sits in like a throne while everyone else well, is kind of off the, to the side. The Smoking Musket account tweeted uh, this thing that caught my attention. It says, the, the scenario that I planted in my head is that they didn't tell Ren about Baby Dog, and he and Bob just walked into the room, and the dog is just sitting in the chair, and Bob greets her like she's the governor. I thought that was funny, because <laughs> Ren Baker had to be thinking, like, like what are we doing here? What it, what is this? What is going Jim, on? Jim, Big Jim is so like, like folksy, <laughs> goofy. I I can Ren only Baker's imagine. Like, right. Like, what did I sign myself Where up for? Where am Where I? Like, I? what in the world? Like, could you imagine a Texas governor <laughs> hanging out with like a a baby goat or something? You know, like it's what this is in like the, in the on. governor's office. Uh, hilarious. So, yeah. congratulations to Bob Huggins though for his awesome picture with baby dog. Um, guys, breaking news. I mean, it, not right now, but breaking news for WVU football. We have an offensive coordinator, and I can predict the dun, future. Dun, dun, dun. Chad Scott was revealed to be the offensive coordinator this week. 
for WVU football. Something I said, I don't know, about a month ago uh, when Graham Harrell was let go. So go back and listen to that. Exactly what we thought was going to happen. Yeah, well. Like, this is crazy. And the funny thing, and Scoot, I think, will get a laugh out of this, too, is uh, they also, I think it was, uh, let's see, where did I see this at? Mike Asty on Twitter. He noted that. Uh, by the way, Chad Scott will still remain running backs coach as well. And to me, that is so funny with what we were talking about because Scoot has been saying for like two months, oh, he'll name like, and we were in agreement, Guido, like he'll name someone, but he won't really, you know, he'll be like name only. And then this tweet, like Mike Asty pointing out like, well, he's also the running backs coach. It's, it's almost like you can hear Neil Brown saying, um, uh, sure, you're the offense coordinator, but let's make sure you still do that other thing while you're, because you're... Yeah, well, what it is, is it's like, listen, Chad, <laughs> I'll, I'll be Neil Brown. Okay. Okay, I, I gotta get my voice ready. Chad. <laughs> hey, Chad. Uh, Neil Brown here. Um, I'd really like to do something for you, because you've done something for me. I'd like you to be my offensive coordinator. Now, Chad, here's here's what's going to happen. You don't have to do anything different. It's the same. We're just going to give you a little bump in pay. Going to give you a title. You're gonna, we'll give you a little title. Put a little, little name thing on your door. <laughs> going to be cute. And you can still be the running backs coach. And I'll still it's call be all great. the plays. Because that's what I do. It's it's exactly. That's exactly. It's like, Scoot, it's like you had the microphone hidden in the office when it happened. Like, Scoot, can you do this part too? Oh, that just reminded me of something. Sean Regan. Hey, Sean, I know I know. I had you as a tight ends coach. You know, the position we never throw to. <laughs> well, tell you what. Here's what we're going to do. We brought this guy. I don't know if you remember Graham Harrell. He probably didn't invite you to two minute meetings. But we're going to bring this guy. Uh, we're gonna, he's gone. We're gonna we're gonna bring you over back to the quarterbacks coach spot that you used to be in. Remember when you was working with Austin and uh, and my boy Deggy? Deggy, yeah, and Jared. Well, tell you what, we got a nice duo right now. We got uh, Garrett Green, who um, I don't like to use the right way, <laughs> and we've got Nico. Now let me tell you, this Nico cat. He is the up and coming. He is what is what. So I'll tell you what. You coach them up. I'm going to tell you which one to play and which one we're going to play. And essentially everything that you need to do. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to start this Garrett. We're going to, actually, we're going to tell him it's a, it's a quarterback <laughs> competition. Because Garrett Green has been here a long time, but I really don't like the way he plays. So I don't want him to leave right away. I want him to think he can still play, but we're going to we're going to – let him think there's a competition right up until the first week of the season, and then we're going to start Nico. But don't tell anybody. <laughs> that's, that's, that's our secret. Our secret. <laughs> and tell you what, since I'm moving you over to, to, to quarterbacks, we're going to bring back a feel-good story. We're going to bring back Blaine Stewart. I have no connection to Blaine Stewart. Uh, I've never met his dad. Don't really know anything about him. But people up above me said, listen – the team looks rough on the outside. Bring in something that people will get excited about. Bring back a Stewart. Make him the tight ends coach. You don't. We don't use the tight ends anyway. <laughs> I've seen that. Leave no doubt video. Yeah, I've seen that. They they play that sometimes on the jumbotron. So tell you what, <laughs> let's bring in Blaine Stewart to coach the tight ends. We got our boy Chad. He is not going to do anything but the same thing he's been doing. <laughs> I'll call the screens. And we're good, baby. We're good. Like I feel like that sums it up. up. That sums it up. Thank you, Scoot. This has been GYEO Theater. <laughs> very, very good. Very good theater. Uh, early prediction, guys, on uh, how many games we win next season. Well, before we do that, Guido, can we do? We can do that. But can we uh, over under on the coach still being in place after the third game, Scoot? Do you think they'll fire him midseason? I don't think they will. I don't think they'll fire him midseason. Let's let's say you be... lose to Pitt at home. No, I mean let's say you go get housed by Penn State. You yeah. come back and you beat Duquesne, right? Probably. And then you lose at home to Pitt. 
what do you think the forecast, like if you woke up, I don't know what day that would be. You're probably into the first week of October by then. I, you know, I don't know, maybe late September, you wake up late and that's your situation. What do you think the climate is going to be? I, I, and we haven't seen the big 12. No, God forbid we know the schedule. So what happens if Houston's the first game? Ooh. And we lose. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, that that's <laughs> spicy. That's a spicy take, Scoo. That's spicy thought. Followed by T. Let's say like if you needed more insult to the injury, bring in Dana Holgerson yeah. and lose to him, right? That would be What if it goes Houston, TCU, uh Texas? I don't know. You could throw a bunch of Baylor, um, Kansas State. But if it goes Houston, TCU, there's no way he finishes the season. You're looking at one and four. Man. I just think it could get really ugly mid-season, Guido. Like, do they fire mid-season? I know we talked about that last year. Like, they don't – that's not something we do. But, man, it yeah. just could be so toxic. Listen, we don't fire assistant coaches mid-season in basketball. But we did. True. Either way, like, I just don't see how this team, going into spring practices, going into camp in August – I don't see how this team wins. Looking at looking at the Big 12, I don't see how this team wins more than 3 or 4 games next year. I don't see 3 I don't do see we, Do you see us putting together any sets that require like, that that re- require four running backs? Cuz that's about what I feel confident in right now is just the well, running The backs. problem is is all it's going to be is it's going to be run play to one of the running backs and then it's going to be a bubble screen to one of the running backs. You know, I, I just, yeah, I think it's going to be a tough, I mean, there, definitely more stuff will happen, but I think Scoots Theater nailed it on the head. Like, it's the same old, same old, and I think it was WVU, and I think it was whatever, whoever's ma- making the calls, they're saying, you know what, let's just push, let's push out the numbers another year, and then we'll deal Do with it. Do you feel like this is... So uh, we've got to believe that the the boosters or somebody above Gordon Gee and, and the boosters are kind of the marionette here, right? So do you believe they're saying, listen, we're just going to let this roll. It's it's going to play itself like out. fulfilling thing. It's going to. We're Yeah, like we're going to just, we just need a little bit more to give us the reason to fire. I think you're right, Scooty. I think the boosters came in and complained at in November I think the people who wrote big checks complained in November and I think that uh E Gordon Gee said and 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 the board of the university said here's the deal guys I, we can't give you Neil Brown right now it's going to cost us too much money we can't do it we just can't do it we can't give him to you we'll give you Shane Lines and I think and then you'll get we'll give you whoever you want in that role and then next year we'll be able to afford Neil Brown, and we'll move on. And I think, and you'll be able to make your call. And I think that's what happened. I think that's what's happening. Well, right I now. think we need to extend uh, a hand, uh, an ear scoot to Mountaineer Twitter, to the hotline, to, you know, look, it's going to be rough. Like, it is. The rest of this basketball season With and the- into spring and early fall, it's going to be rough. Hang out with us. Was it we'll uh, deal Caesar with, we'll that all said, deal with uh, lend me your ears? Yes. Yes. Friends, Romans, countrymen, lend me your ears. That's what you're talking about, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah well, Caesar? Yeah, I think it was. Yes. Yes. Listen, my history degree comes in handy. Are you cheering yourself <laughs> um, for that? He is. Yes. But he didn't know it, and then he yes. needed us to confirm it. So we are the Caesar to our countrymen and mountaineer nation. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Lend me your ears. Because it's going to be... It's Listen, gonna be rad. <laughs> At some point, Jordan Leslie might be asking football coaches <laughs> to lend me your ears because he's gonna need some help on yeah. defense. Because you know, like come, come on. on. It's gonna be rough. Well, guys, one last thing I want to hit on before we wrap it up is uh this is for Scoot. Uh interestingly enough, uh another Coach Prime talk. Coach Prime uh was on Pat McAfee's show this week. Interesting. Pat McAfee, like, without skipping a beat, said something that every Mountaineer fan thought was like, oh, I wish you could have come and coached at West Virginia. And, like, without, like, instantaneously, Prime was like, nah, that's not me. I couldn't have done it. That's not me. That wasn't going to happen. Well, (laughs) he's just saying that because he's at Colorado. 
he's not really. He can't say yes. To I that. just thought That's maybe that would give you yes some closure, right now. Scoot. No, I think I no. think that he can't say yes to that. He's listen. He would be at WVU. I know we've got a lot of listeners out there that think uh, that's a bad idea or that he wouldn't. But if we were a forward-thinking institution and approached him, I think we've got a pretty good storyline that he would like to be a part of, right? 14th winningest program in NCAA history. uh, Kind of a a perennial underdog, feels like. Uh, The the. The, you have the whole state behind you. I mean, I don't know. I've never really been to Colorado. Yeah, I went have there you, actually Johnson? when yes. WVU played there. Uh, do you see a lot of Colorado Buffalo fans? I did just in in passing. A lot of go well, buffs. I think again, no it's, go it's buff another like, unlike West Virginia. Unlike a lot of other places, like Colorado's a state that has pro teams and other other larger. Right. Yeah, so you've got bigger fish like, there, Scoot. So that's a good so, point. Yeah. But I think too, like, you were arguing East Coast recruit Florida. Yeah, he you don't. Here. You don't. Take I thought that it was interesting that it came up. You, you don't accept that as closure, then. No, I don't. Well, I don't think it. it's happening. We could possibly get Ed Reed. Would you be on board with Ed Reed? Again, I don't. I don't see Ed Reed coming to WVU. I don't. And again, he's he's well, and he didn't even take the job. But well, uh, they didn't. Or, rat, or they he? didn't ratify his contract. They, they, There's some skirmish yeah. going on there. Some, I've noticed on Twitter. Yeah, so he's. Matthew and Cookman, I think. I don't know. It'll be an interesting. It's going to be an interesting ride. Stay with us. Keep listening and uh, keep finding us online. Look for us uh, wherever you can find podcasts, obviously. Hit the like, hit the subscribe. Look for us on social media, on Instagram, on Twitter at Got Your Ears. Or you can find us on Facebook. Just search Got Your Ears on. We're back. We're back on the Facebook. <laughs> uh, you can also check out our website, gotyourearson.com. It's uh, it's uh, where we talk about things. Yeah, we do. We do talk about things there, Guido. Uh, you can find all the show notes and click on the links for stuff we talked about right there on the page. Uh, the tune in link will be there. You can click on that and listen to the podcast directly in the uh, in the website. And you can also click through to the merch store. So check it all out. Yeah, check it out, gotyourearson.com. And check out this week, WVU, two games. We travel to Lubbock to play tech. Texas Tech on Wednesday. That's a 7 o'clock tip-off on ESPNU. And then back in the Collie on Saturday. That's a noon tip against Auburn uh, for the Big 12 SEC Challenge on ESPN. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week, hopefully not complaining as much. Maybe we'll get two wins this week and be happy. Who knows? So uh, make sure you tune in. Thanks for listening, everybody. You've been listening to Got Your Ears On.